Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that is not the podcast we deserve but rather the podcast that we need yes my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee (laughs) and on today's episode we're stretching out our necks as we look back for any and all bright spots in the dumpster fire that has been 2020 with our annual Best of episode. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you have been vaccinated, you can listen into our show. <laughs> Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your it's almost over hole. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and if you are uh, needing a few things to do, we are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And again, it is on the Book of Face that we have an events tab, which again leads to... Shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And this episode is releasing on Friday, December 25th. Merry Christmas. Holy smokes, you're not kidding. Of all the days to, to land an episode on. Right? It's so... Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Again, of course. Best uh, of us for the rest of us. Everything Hanukkah, that you're celebrating. you celebrate, have a good one. But specifically, those of you that are celebrating on Christmas, if you're in the Kansas City area, Screenland Armor has you taken care of indoors. Outdoors. Not quite. No, (laughs) never mind. Just virtually. Too many Toros. Toros. You are one. You need, my friend. When is the last time you did watch Bring It On? You know what? I haven't watched it yet. Not this year. I have to watch it at least once a year. Because the last four times I think we've done this, when we know there's nothing going outdoors. It's still the, outdoors. It's the Toros. Maybe because there's been no snow. Possibly. Maybe. It just Because right now we technically could probably be recording outdoors. Yeah. It is ridiculously night out, nice out. However, on that Friday uh, in Kansas City, our latest Friday Night Fright brings us one of the all-time great Christmas horror films, mm-hmm. one of the all-time great slasher films, one of the all-time great holiday horror films, one of the great all-time great films with the capital F. We are talking Bob Blob Clarks, Blob Blob Clarks, Bob Clarks, Black Christmas. Hello, hello, hello. It's he sees you when you're sleeping. No, <laughs> talk about the the call and response right there. No, obviously we just released our commentary over on Patreon. This is a film that is near and dear to our hearts. Oh yes, and one that truly needs to be seen on a big screen with a crowd. So and get snackered and get oh wow whether Gene yeah. Salad says it's a hit. <laughs> Just go over to the commentary if you would like, but that is definitely a film that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Now, also that uh, weekend here, there are two new releases that are coming out that are very, uh, very much interest to genre fans. We've got Wonder Woman 1984, mm-hmm. which I want to see it. I do. Oh, I'm going to see it. Yeah. I'm going to see it. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman, and then one that has been they've been promising for us for a while, but promising young woman. Ooh. Yes, that had that great uh, Britney Spears, though. Toxic. Yes. You know, there's another one that comes out that I want to see is that Tom Hanks one. It's a cowboy movie. Really? Yeah. 
I'm, news of the world. It looks dope. It's not on my radar. Apparently, it needs to be. But of course, uh, they do have you handled virtually as well with Screenland. Just go to ScreenlandOnline.com. Mm-hmm. A number of films that you can rent. Um, but of course, if you want to thank them even more here in the uh, on Christmas, you can go over to Patreon.com/Screenland, where they have a number of watch parties. In fact, we we're done with our shutter shoutouts here for yes. the year of 2020. We have such sights to show you. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. 2021 is going to be wild. Absolutely. Uh, but for the podcast, a number of things. Uh, again, the tip of the tier, they have a number of ways to entertain you over the holidays. Mm-hmm. And you're also then helping support a wonderful local business. Absolutely. That is near and dear to our heart. But if we're talking about film families mm-hmm. and we're talking about Patreon. Hey, pallies. Jingle bells. <laughs> oh, this is... Our Jingle All the Way version right now. We're going to celebrate the all-time holiday hit with some of our favorite people. And listen, we've tried to give everyone a shout-out here on the show, but sincerely, you all mean a lot to us. Absolutely. And so much so, we're all going to give you another shout-out here. So thank you to Brian, Justin, Nathan, Marnie, Wendy, Lauren, Attack of the Killer Podcast, Stuart, John, Dustin, April, Carly, Michelle, Tim, Emma, Andrea, Jesse, Heather, Charles, Michael, Diana, Lisa, Julie, Joel, and Chad. You all say it fucking rad. <laughs> truly, truly are. Thank you all for your support this year. We're going to talk about a little bit of best of bits here, mm-hmm. but we do appreciate all that you guys have done for us and joining our little film family. You guys are definitely a major part of the best of. Oh, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. And of course, if you would like to join the accolades over there of our little film family, head over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. And we've got everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. A lot of, I think, quality content, mm-hmm. ideally. And... The commentaries have been a fucking blast. Oh, the commentaries have been great. The new horror has been a blast. I've seen, I cannot tell you how many new films based on the need for content for Patreon, but (laughs) also just the discipline of putting stuff together that is ideally quality Mm -hmm. and sometimes feels a little exclusive for your eyes only. Ooh. Yes. Yes. We'll get to the Bond stuff there, but no, we do appreciate everyone coming over there. It's been a long year, Genius. It's been four years. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah it's time has moved four years it's been four years in one year it's just been long as fuck listen we don't have to tell you that no, 2020 everybody knows this year sucks and the only solace i've been able to take with this year is the fact that everyone is affected yeah not just us here in the kansas city area not just everyone here in the u.s but around the world it's global I mean, it's awful i mean everybody when we have bad years it's one thing but when everybody's having a bad year oof, and you oof. you feel it in almost like the national conscious the, the the public psyche almost it's palpable it's you can cut it and some people have and it's it's been tough and the, the, there's been a few things that have been able to get me through it, you know, if I'm being honest. Um, and part of that is the film family that's Absolutely. been put together, obviously. Uh-huh. And I'm, of course, talking about my literal, you know, friends here, you, you genius and everything. But also, it's been movies. Yeah. Movies, movies, movies. This this podcast is built on movies. Our friendship 
is built around movies. Right. A lot of the things that we do is based and built around film. It's a sense of normalcy in chaos. And you know, the fact that we have can come together in and in in solace and and, and and friends and even with the film family around movies. It's some sense of still civility. And we need that right now. Yes, we do. <laughs> the reprieve from the chaos, just the sense of normalcy, just the catharsis, all of those things that films, I don't say we take for granted, but during this time when the quarantine, the stillness, the isolation, all of a sudden I found myself really feeling very uh, comforted by the movies, mm-hmm. but being grateful for them as yeah. well. And that's the thing that has kept me sane. All the films all the movies, all the moments. So what we have here is this is now, I believe, our fifth year of putting together our best of. Mm-hmm. Now, for films, this was actually tough to kind of boil down because yeah. I saw a lot of really, really good horror films this year. There's been some really good ones, really good ones. I think some that we're going to still be talking about many years down the line. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think we have definitely, like, in 10 years from now, March Madness is going to have one of at least one of these 10 on here. Absolutely. And I think that speaks to the power of the the, the year we had. But also, uh, there have been some specific films that, because of the year we've had, I think have hit me differently, potentially, than yeah. had I normally seen them in a, a quote-unquote normal year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, I initially was going to put together just a top five, but when we were talking off mic, we had a lot of films. So we each have a top ten list of movies, mm-hmm. uh, and it, the only caveat was technically they had to be a new release. Right. Um, so this is not any like repertory screening or anything like that. No, these are all just the movies that we saw, all, I think mostly theatrically or maybe video on demand streaming, but mm-hmm. new movies. New movies. Brand new movies. Now, I'm going to say this. Mine are not really in a particular order. Uh, my top, my top five, no, my top, my top three are, my, my top three are, but other than that, I think there's really no particular order. Okay, that is fair, that is fair, so go ahead and start us off here, Genius McGee. You want to do honorable mentions? Let's start with some honorable mentions. Okay. What are the ones that aren't going to get all the love right now? Uh, Scare Package, I thought was a great anthology. And it had a lot of good laughs, a lot of good scares. Um, the Beach House. Oh, squidly did that one gave me the willies. Ah, I had, I don't like. I can't even walk barefoot now. I guarantee Tarantino tried to get through that movie, and that either launched him into a new fetish, or he right. just said nope. Yep, yeah, it just either one. There's two paths. Yeah, that he took on that one. Then that's <laughs> it. Um, Skull, The Mask, that Brazilian slasher, supernatural. Yep, that was rad as fuck. Um, Sputnik. Sputnik, da, a thousand times da. Mm -hmm. And a recent one that I just caught last week that I was like, this is great. Gave me the willies, the dark and the wicked. That's the one that uh, the gentleman from The Strangers Mm -hmm. directed, correct? His time or home. Yeah, this one, it's it's not a siege movie like The Strangers, but it's a siege on your emotions and like sadness. It's it gave me the willies. I looked around behind me at one point in time to make sure that I was like really alone and it broke my heart in a few places. Really? Yeah. That's one of the, I think one of the through lines through a lot of the films that I've seen this year, there's a lot of dourness going on. Yes. And, but so that's, but I, I didn't get a chance to see that one, 
but it's kind of what I've seen that based on everything I've heard. Mm-hmm. But I will be seeking it's that good. one out. It's good. Anything else on the honorable mention? Uh, nope, that's it. Okay, okay. So let's go ahead and start off then number 10 there, genius. Number 10. Um, I love Squidly Diddly, and if you can add a little bit of Rage Cage with that, <laughs> then all the better. Um, Color Out of Space, one, welcome back, Richard Stanley. Such a wonderful movie because it takes these weird turns, and it does it well. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. The part... Uh, the whole llama drama with the mama that oh god that I was like that made me lift my feet up in the theater when I saw it and I saw this multiple times in the theater and loved it every one in fact when we did the shutter shout out mm-hmm. I was excited for that one I looked like yeah this is also on my list and also built upon my theatrical experience with it at panic fest in the front row with our friend Katie Glidewell the blonde in front mm-hmm. staying on Brandon on point and also then that shutter shout out and it hit me wonderfully both times. Yeah. It's the Squidly, it's the Diddly, it's Nicolas Cage channeling almost his character from Vampire's Kiss mm-hmm. and uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. And he's he's raging the cage in this one. Yeah, he yeah. is over doing his thing. Um, and Tommy Chong. It, on the, <laughs> as an outlier, it's perfect. The, the moments, the reveal, the reveal. Oh, Oh, still, still. The ending, it all plays perfectly. And like you said, summed up with the return of Richard Stanley, which let us hope he continues. Which I planned uh, Lovecraft trilogy. I'm down for that. Always down with that. I'm down for that. Now, my top 10, the first one on my uh, list here is a film that I caught through the Chattanooga Film Festival Mm -hmm. when they did it virtually. And this was a movie that was suggested by Jill Gavargazian who you'll hear again here on the list. Uh, It was a film built around a relationship between a young woman and a -a tilt-a-whirl. Yes, that look you gave me, genius, is kind of the look I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. it is just that. It is a a girl that is working at a carnival Uh over the summer. So she's a carny. No, well, I mean, it's just, you know, I think Adventureland. Okay. In that kind of setting. Okay. And of course, she's got all the local boys that are interested in her, but she develops this, not obsession, but a relationship with one of the particular carnival rides that may or may not be communicating with her. It's a sentient tilt-a-whirl? Possibly. Wow. <laughs> it, ta- it takes you on a ride. Uh, <laughs> thankfully i was you know you know high enough on that to be to be able to get on the, the mm-hmm. ride you know just the height tickets. i was like five ten. finally <laughs> i was i was on my toes but i had fun with this because it was not what i it was i mean what would you expect with that kind of a premise right goofiness Pos- no and i would think pl- i would think like an episode of like that show where extreme love or something where like the dude's in love with his car it's it is but it's played very sincerely in fact um it's international and the mom reminded me of whatever country it was from's version of caroline williams oh (laughs) but it had a lot of charm Mm -hmm. but it had a lot of quirk to it and it was kind of the perfect kind of movie with chattanooga just in terms of genre because a film on your honorable mention the beach house Mm -hmm. i also saw through that the first time so i mean it went all over the place what's this called the Jumbo? It's called Jumbo. Jumbo? Jumbo. It's the, 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 the movie is called Jumbo. I highly recommend it. It is not horror, but it's very genre. But it could be horror, potentially, if you have an issue with, you know, the, 
There's no Tetsuo. Yeah, there's no melding of <laughs> flesh and steel, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it 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 was quirky and weird enough to land in my top ten. Wow. Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. Thank you, Jill, for the recommendation. Jumbo. Jumbo. You have my curiosity. <laughs> Again, you just have to be this high to, to ride. You'll be you'll be good. <laughs> so you'll be good. Weird. Huh. <laughs> Number nine on your list there, genius. Uh when you think of me, you don't normally think of rom coms. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Yeah. But although I do love rom coms, you know, I, I genuinely do. Um, and I also like when genres can get mashed together or work very well. So for this one, my number nine is After Midnight, starring Bray Grant, and she did such a good job. It's basically a relationship drama with a dash of monster in it there's just enough monster to keep you interested and then when it comes back to the wrap everything up you are so not ready for it would you call instead of mrs dash is it monster dash <laughs> they did the dash they did the monster dash you're absolutely it was, right it was a panic fest smash it, this was it really literally was yeah this was I was enthralled by the relationship drama, and normally that kind of relationship drama doesn't go with my style, you know? That's I'm not going to sit around and watch a couple of episodes of This Is Us, right? But at the same time, I was engaged with this because it was, like I said, just enough monster to keep me interested. And right when, like, by the time I was not worried about the monster anymore, I was focused laser focused about this relationship and it was interesting because like nobody was right in this relationship no, the shades are great well, as right. always as always and then when the monster comes back i was like oh that's right i am in the middle of a monster movie okay <laughs> well done so it threw me off guard and i really enjoyed it so i gotta go with after midnight i was at that screening with you and i enjoyed it just as much it, that didn't make on my top 10 technically would have been my honorable mention but what I love with that movie is there's a standout scene and Brea Grant's part of it. And it's that one or they do when they're going back and forth. And it's Jeremy Gardner in this um, also wrote and directed it. I mean, he's a he's a talent. Mm -hmm. um, the Battery. I, have you seen that one yet? Not yet, but you told me about it. The post-apocalyptic baseball game. Very minimalist zombie film. Yeah, it's incredible. And that's what he does. He does minimalism very well. He can take one centralized location and make it work. Yeah. And but I love the characterization of the two. Yeah. I was, like you said, because I, I wanted to side with one of them. Yeah, but, but I, I couldn't. couldn't. I could not, like, oof. Mm -hmm. And when you can take a nice, just complicated character drama, and even the monster itself was pretty freaking rad. The monster was, was cool. The monster I was really... cool looking. Like, even though you <laughs> hardly saw it, it was still fucking cool. I couldn't describe them. I Like this weird, like, 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 like a weird version of the girl from Midian. Like a you monster, are, like her final form. I dreamt him. Yes, you are correct. Because there was thorns, like porcupine, porcupine, yeah, critterish. Yes, excellent choice, excellent choice. And again, you're going to hear a few things here from some of the many festivals that we either attended or were part of. Mm -hmm. Now, this one was also on your honorable mention, but this is one that it, it struck a chord with me, and maybe it's because I haven't watched Venom yet. But but Sputnik really, I, there was something about that movie. It was the fact that there was a Russian um, Bradley Cooper. We mm -hmm. had the Russian um, Florence Florence Pugh in it. It was a great little monster movie. Yeah, it was. And the monster itself was 
kind of cute, yeah, but also horribly terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's a take on Venom for the most part, from what I understand in terms of the symbiote and so mm-hmm. forth. It's a body horror film. It's international. It's all in Russia. It's it's set in the like the height of the Cold War. Super espionage. Anything yeah. that we can take that will help Mother Russia is perfect. So you know you've got a hammer and a sickle hovering over you the entire time. Love that stuff. And they make almost a charming, not a not a rom com, but just the relationship that builds between the two characters, the Doctor, everything that they go through to defy Mother Russia to do what's right. I love that kind of stuff. And then the fact that you've caught this little mean monster that is just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Then he almost had those puppy like tendencies occasionally. Whereas, oh, but then I'm like, no, that thing will like devour you. Get your hand off. Oh, and <laughs> when it reveals itself the first time, oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's flailing. It's it's again, da, da, a thousand times da. Totally oh, I, dug it. Totally I dug agree it. agree more, man. Like he said, it was on my honorable mention, but I really enjoyed it. It was very gory. And again, you wanted to sympathize with the human and at the same time with the symbiote yeah. and you couldn't because but also he is adorable with the little nesting doll thing right but then when he like <laughs> and then when he reveals himself to be this cobra of death you're like holy Whoa. shit and then he eats you from the inside out nothing good Wild. comes from outer space no no nothing good comes from outer space this one totally we could have done in november with terror <laughs> from above uh next on your list there one genius mcgee Osgood Perkins is what Ari Aster strives to be. Um, right out the gate. Pow! Right? I said it before, I'll say it again. Uh, but Gretel and Hansel was such a good, dark fairy tale where super stylish, a lot of substance, too. Yeah. Um, and it just told this enchanting, wicked story. And Alice Creed did a great job as being this monstrous but yet nurturing in an odd way witch and it was just full of creep factor throughout and um gretel who is played by uh from it from it yep did a fantastic job as always well and what i love that she's kind of developed a nice little little niche here in the genre Mm -hmm. because she's done it's not elevated horror but it's she's gone from like one probably she's done big budget horror. It the chapter one was like one of the highest ranking R rated movies all time. But then she comes into Oz and Osgood Perkins. Gee, I'm I love his work and I do prefer him over Ari Aster. Now I I do not dislike Ari Aster. I actually appreciate what he's going for. Um, but I also will champion the Black Coat's Daughter, mm-hmm. one of my favorite films from a couple of years ago that we had a chance to yeah. see. It was like one of the first film clubs. Yes, it was. And I was like, this dude gets it. It's and unsettling. It gave, it's unsettling. It gave me the chills. I like that. One. But this one, the way it's told, it works so well. And I remember seeing the trailer for it initially and going, ooh, really? This this looks what? And finding it was Osgood Perkins. I think it capitalizes on a lot of the stuff that we saw in the Black Coat's Daughter. Mm-hmm. But just changes just the time setting a little bit. Um, Alice Krieg, she was also known for stuff. She was in. The, she was the Borg Queen in um, Thank you. Star Trek. She also did a whole bunch of other genre stuff back in the day. So and yeah, she's also kind of terrifying mm-hmm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Now this is one I saw at the Alamo, and I was glad I got a chance to see it in the theater. The visuals were wild. 
it was a theater four, so it was a pretty good screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about memories lost here, right. but no, I was glad I got a chance because that's another one I think that a few years from now people are going to go, oh yeah, that one. It'll become probably a cult classic. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I agree. No, excellent, excellent choice. Uh, okay, one I had to go outside of my normal movie spots. Oh, most everything I saw in 2020 was either at the Draft House or it was at Screenland. Mm-hmm. But this movie on my list here was when I went out to the, our little local AMC over on Ward Parkway. We'll get regional here. Mm-hmm. And I had one of my favorite theatrical experiences because there was only one other person in there, sadly. But I had a moment where I went, oh, like I gasped audibly. And that was Underwater. I still have to see that. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone and talking about the moment that made me go. Because oh. it was spoiled for me. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, 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 I seen it. It looks cool. And I'm like, now I really need to see this movie. Well, all I knew was based on the, the trailers. And this is one of the rare things that the trailer doesn't give away anything that it doesn't that spoils the movie because it you see underwater monsters. It's alien underwater. Yes. basically. Exactly. Exactly. And underwater. It, it pays off. Mm-hmm. It does not hold your hand. You're immediately launched into the situation, the scenario. It is lean. It is mean. And like I said, I I gasped in the theater. I was like, wow, I didn't know it was this kind of movie. That's very cool. And then immediately it was like, has anyone else seen this? Like, nope, not yet. I was like, God damn it. But even creeping outside my normal area of, you know, comfort outside it of it. it was very much worth it. In fact, I also saw technically honorable mentions here. The remake of Black Christmas's remake, <laughs> Black Christmas 2019. Right. And The Hunt as well. That's another one I got to see. I heard Dennis is in it. He, he is. He awesome. is. There's some implication going on. <laughs> Actually has one of my favorite stand, uh, Betty Gilpy in that movie. I has like Betty Gilpy. I knew her. I didn't, I didn't know Glow, so I wasn't familiar with her work, but she steals that movie. And it's a wonderful, actually, bit of satire that we're, we'll get to eventually Good. in real life down the line. But no, uh, yeah, Underwater, definitely seek it out. Well worth it. I know it's streaming now on, I think, HBO Max, so yeah. I think definitely can check I it out. I think people have more access to it at this point. Yeah, I want to check it out. I want to check it out. Well worth your time, genius. Okay, so another Panic Fest wonder. Um, <laughs> I love zombie movies, and when zombie movies can be both fun and entertaining, violent and gory, and have... A very, very in-your-face political message and done well, it's quite shockingly good. And plus, when there's a scene in there, what happens when you are pregnant in the zombie apocalypse, (laughs) and that's shocking as well. This movie made me gasp a few times, like, (gasps) holy shit! But I was entertained throughout, and what it had to say was powerful and really pressing of these times. Mm-hmm. Blood Quantum, which is now streaming on Shutter, is a fantastic zombie movie. I think it is a wonderful addition to the zombie genre. Well, it's one thing that Panic Fest has done very well is pairing it with zombie films that mm-hmm. elevate and escalate the entirety of the zombie genre. Right. Um, Blood Quantum totally adds to that list. Uh, written directed by Jeff Barnaby. Uh, he was on the movie Crypt not too long ago. I was also in the theater with that screening with you. And that moment that happened. I was shocked. I was gasped. I clutched my pearls. I was like. <gasps> well, and it, it affected me as well. But seeing it affect you, 
that made it affect me even more. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, genius just like lost it here based on that. I was not expecting it. I was not expecting that either. I was expecting them to play safe. But that's the thing about this movie. It never no. plays safe. From the opening shot when the fish Great are flopping around, I was like, oh, we're in for something. And it doesn't hold your hand because there's kind of a an abrupt um, sh- uh, time shift that happens. And they just let you go into it. But as you said, as a zombie movie, it does touch upon some very interesting political allegories that are going on mm-hmm. with the indigenous people. It Romero would probably he would, he would love this movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he, it would be Romero approved. And if a movie can be Romero approved, I think it's worthy it, of the list. Yeah, this one definitely is well worth your time. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, it brings something a little bit new to the zombie genre. Yeah, it's nice. It works really well. Excellent choice, man. Again, mm-hmm. thanks, Panic Fest. Right. Oh, okay, here's one then that played at Panic Fest, but I didn't get around till till a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> we need sometimes we need a little palate cleanser for all the seriousness, the nastiness, and oh my goodness, extraordinary made my I'm not gonna say made my year, but it gave me the much needed laughter I needed. It gave me it gave me the the feel goods that I needed here mm-hmm. in 2020 because as cathartic as seeing the nastiness on screen when we do deal with a dour that works. But genius, you know, we love to laugh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We love to feel good. You mm-hmm. like the romantic comedies. This is a romantic comedy yes, it is. disguised as a ghost movie. And it contains one of my favorite performances from this year. Uh, Maeve Higgins. Maeve Higgins. Maeve Higgins. Oh, her whole demeanor her the character is just one that i immediately identified with mm-hmm. i was rooting for i was laughing with not at uh the premise of the movie is wonderful it has some of my favorite little kind of gross out moments with the ectoplasm in the macguffin jars in the, in the macguffin jars uh, it gives us cosmic woman la 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 <laughs> it, it it's a movie that gives a lot and it gave me smiles, man, and I needed that. And it contains also a moment that made me pull a U in terms of the ending when she gives her answer and then it cuts. I did a genius ha-ha little <laughs> guffaw because I'd forgot about it. I've watched it twice now, and I'll be revisiting it again very soon. And you could, if you need that little bit of feel good, Extraordinary goes the extra mile. This one is on my list, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I can't say enough good things. One, I got a huge crush on Maeve Higgins. Oh, my God. I... She is so adorable and charming and wonderful and optimistic and just... and nervous and, and neurotic and just human. When she's shimming out of her pants as soon as she gets home to start eating some food out of the fridge, I was like, yup. We've yup, been there. Yup. Yup. And so, the, but the, the New Zealand Louise Lasser. Right. Speaking of Louise, La- New Zealand Louise Lasser, when when uh, Martin Martin transforms and just the cigarette, cigarette. pops out, just as for the, so wonderful. The side players, Claudia, the wife of Will Forte, she tickled you. Sold the show every for me. every fucking thing she said. <laughs> I just couldn't help but laugh and giggle because she was so matter of fact about it. Like fucking, where's my Chinese food? Eh? Right? Just like just this harpy and just wonderful. Um, fuck it. And she's on that slow speed chase. Oh, the slow speed chase is God talking about now. makes me want to go and rewatch it again. It's such a good movie. It, it makes you feel good. It does. And <laughs> it's, it's just, well, it's wild. It starts off very slow 
and just like the hauntings mm-hmm. started very slow and mundane and then it just goes bananas from there <laughs> well i love that on your list you have both a um blood quantum and extraordinary right you you've diversified man i appreciate <laughs> that so from extraordinary on my list and your list what do you have on yours there good sir um let's go back to light and levity let's i'm good with that this this next movie is a wonder. Again, I love when you can mix genres or corrupt things that are innocent, like Dark Disney or um, Happy Death Day, when you take the premise of Groundhog's Day and add a slasher to it. Whenever you can corrupt something good <laughs> and show the dark side of it, I'm fucking eating it with a spoon. And what happens if you have Freaky Friday the 13th? You get a wonderful movie that came at the right time in 2020 when every single fucking horror movie was coming out was dour and Mm -hmm. sad and terrible. And while that's great in Mm -hmm. horror, sometimes you got to have that levity. Sometimes you got to have the laughs and the scares. And to be able to see this movie in the theater was after the whole shit went down right when you needed it most. And the fact that it was really, really good. You know, I'm telling you, <laughs> with Happy Death Day, the director is three yeah. for three for me because I liked all those movies. And Vince Vaughn's performance and um, Catherine, I'm going to forget that, the name. Just keep talking. I'll look it up. They did such a good job playing Slasher and, and Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. Thank you. Uh, and Final Girl switched respectively. They did such a good job where you could definitely see, and it worked well. The humor, the gore, him the running. tropes, right? Him ah. running. And then her just stalking. The she go- was scary as fuck. We're not going to spoil anything here because it's in the opening, but some of those opening kills were great. Holy shit. When I wasn't ready for gets, that. When somebody gets impaled with a bottle, what? I want them to bleed out of the spout. And sure enough, it delivered. That's all I can say. <laughs> this movie delivered. It was right what I needed, right when I needed it. And I think... It deserves to be looked at because, like, again, like I said, it knocks off the Freaky Friday tropes well, and it knocked off the Friday the 13th tropes greatly. Well, this is one of the movies that we talked about on our Patreon for mm-hmm. for a new release, and it was released on Friday the 13th. Which was perfect. And I had no clue that it technically had a Jason S. Killer. And it, like you said, it's it doesn't wink too hard at itself. It definitely balances the horror, the humor, and the heart. Mm-hmm. And there are moments in this movie, I don't want to say it's progressive by any means because it's still written by some you know, older white dudes, but there are moments in this movie that made me go, okay, this is definitely something that came out in 2020 because it's starting to explore being more open to things. Yeah. There's a moment in the movie, Daniel Isn't Real. Let me double check to make sure that shouldn't be on this year's honorable mention here. Because there's a moment in that movie that was from 2019. I'm good on this. <laughs> when um, there's a couple, there's these this these people are getting ready to hook up, and there's a small moment in the movie where he goes, "Is this okay to her?" Mm-hmm. And it's under his breath. It's not noticeable, but it was just this this thing of consent. Because we, we were we grew up with Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, with some, that has some really weird things going on. So when you get that in a genre, and if you haven't seen Daniel isn't real, it's very well worth your time. But a moment like that in the movie, I was like, oh, it's a little kind of progressive and cool. Bits and pieces with Freaky. I was like, oh, that's kind of progressive. It's mm-hmm. it, again, it a smart movie. It, oh. People who say the slashers are dumb and stupid, I would re- I would refer them to um, 
It's Freaky and Happy Death Day. Uh, it's uh, Brandon Christopher who is behind that. You obviously can tell, or excuse me, Christopher Landon. I'm just thinking of the Christopher Robin thing again. Oh, Christopher Barbara. Landon, <laughs> responsible for those. No, they, fun is the word. And mm-hmm. seen it on Friday the 13th. And then we went and actually watched uh, Friday the 13th. The final we chapter. Do, we went and hosted something right after that. It was a great double yeah, feature. And I think at the time, well, too, we were like, we didn't know this was technically a Friday the 13th kind of movie until in Freaky. No spoiler here, but it's like Wednesday. Or was it like Wednesday? Thursday the, Thursday yes. the 12th. So good. So good. On my list as well. Yeah. Of course. Uh, let's see here. Going down on my. Ah, here we go. One that I know isn't on yours because I know you had mixed feelings, but chalk it up to how a theatrical experience can really change how you view a film. Um, had I watched this movie on my own at home, probably would have been differently had I not had a mother and her two teenage daughters behind me watching Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor Uncut. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will share my own little story here based on they looked like they were regulars at Screenland. They had like blankets with them. They were, I was of course in the front couch. Mm-hmm. They're in the couch behind me. So I think they were, they've been there before. So, but I didn't, I couldn't tell though, if they were the kind of family little get together, like they're going to see whatever new is available and playing. Right. Or someone that knows in advance what is viewing and playing <laughs> <laughs> based on some of the, I'm just going to say I could hear shifting behind me. <laughs> during the blinds scenes during the and like during, a lot of the a, well, a lot of the movie we we was it 2019 the year of hanging dong mm-hmm. well 2020 we've got a nice representation here because <laughs> a lot of dong is hung here in possessor dong continues <laughs> there's a reason it's called uncut <laughs> um but also so that in itself was cut because i'm i'm staring at this stuff it's right in front of me Mm -hmm. and i'm just like damn this is canadian this is progressive (laughs) but i can also hear the the, and i'm like oh shit what about that family behind and i didn't want to be like a creep and turn around like hey how y'all reacting (laughs) as you like uh fluff up your uh overcoat (laughs) your trench coat (laughs) but i could hear the shifting so i knew there was a little bit of uncomfortableness going on there but also it's a violent movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hyper-violent. And it contains Andrea Riseborough from Mandy and Jennifer Jason Lee, who's one of my favorite actors, and they're both phenomenal in it. Yeah, they are. Um, it's kind of a complicated character piece as well. There's some weird stuff. This is Cronenberg's kid. Yeah. Like, I know that he wants to separate himself. I haven't seen Antiviral yet. But this is, I mean, you got a lot of, which is not a bad thing, though. No, no. Like, it's technically, I am I love everything that he did with this movie. I think I need to watch it again, though, to really process it, because mm-hmm. it's a heady flick. Yeah, it is. It, much like a lot of Cronenberg. It, there's some intellectual stuff going on that I'll never understand, but I'd like to examine it a bit. Um, and I will be picking this up on Blu-ray, and uh, I know there is the, I think there's the cut and the uncut version. Mm-hmm. Check out the uncut if you can. As a as a genre fan, as someone that listens to the show, it's well worth your time. I don't think I saw the uncut version when I saw it. I think I saw the cut version. So maybe that's why I was like on the fence about it. Maybe I needed more dong. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't think I needed that much dong. But not only dong, but you also get some of the other stuff as well. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's oh, a, no. There's full on sex scenes. Yeah. And, it's like, a, it's... and there's some scary shit. Like when uh, he's wearing that Mandy mask. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. The 
the um the mask that he's wearing in Freaky. Um the oh my god, the Aaron Rodgers mask. That freaked me out. Oh yeah. It's been a good year for masks. Yeah, it has. Not too bad. All yeah, right. So yeah, possessor for me. Possessor for me. Okay, so um it's not that I never cry at movie theaters. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. But certain movies hit me hard and I got hit with an emotional gut punch at Relic. That movie hurt me. That movie like like touched my soul. The fact that like this metaphor for dementia and losing oneself is played out so well and so fitting where you can see the director's pain and what she went through. Um, I have it right Natalie here. Erica James. Natalie Erica James. Alumnus from Etheria. This movie made me ball. <laughs> yep. It made me want to uh, hug every single person <laughs> I know and I love. Um because it hits you hard when you've gone through that too and mm. the fact that i knew exactly what she was saying and what she was talking about and what she was feeling through this representation and it was a good actual representation mm. of that pain and mm. that grief and that not knowing and then that come to realization of what is the inevitable yeah oh that movie affected i cried hard i was so I had to go to the bathroom and compose myself. Ooh, I was. Ooh. Now, I don't know it's because we do a podcast together, but I was also at that screening <laughs> with you. And I should say I, I had watched it, I think, maybe just the night before, potentially, mm-hmm. because my first time viewing as well, it I did. I knew it was about dementia, but because of the baggage I brought for me, it was based on trauma, trauma that's passed down. Uh, through the the rot in the wood, through the skin, there's body horror elements going. There's a moment when I was watching it, when she starts kind of picking a thing. I was like, uh oh. I was like, oh no, oh no. Are we gonna go there? Are we gonna go there? But there are moments in this movie that are treated so tenderly. The ending of this movie, when that that the, scene. The, I'm not yeah. saying it, but I'm mimicking here to genius that the tenderness that was, of that. Oh, that was <gasps> that was heartbreaking. Heart breaking the 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 literal you, the, you can see though then the passing down and then the ending of how it's gonna and the, then as the rot progresses, oh my god it was but it was rough it was rough but it was handled well it was very sad now that being said there are some scares in this movie though and one of the things that i really liked is and when she's in the house and the house itself shrinking becomes starts changing and it took me a few times to realize that it was Everything's changing in their reality because... And the walls are closing in, and that's what it felt like. That's what things... That's what shit like that feels like to, like, the granddaughter, Mm -hmm. the grandson. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're like, the walls are closing in, and things are getting smaller, and things are going to have to move, and what are we going to do with the house? Well, and things that were also so familiar that are now completely strange. Yeah. Someone that you were intimate, you knew does not know you now so this thing that this place that was comforting is now an entirely different scary place and it's rotting oh yeah it's, ah, it was awful so that affected me and and the thing about it is i went in there not knowing anything about it you said you went in like for just round two with me i went in knowing nothing about it and in fact even was told it's kind of got a hereditary vibe mm-hmm. so you might not like it and i was like and i was like because it's in, well, what do you mean I might not like it? Well, it's kind of got like, it feels like hereditary in a way. And I'm like, okay. Only because of the family. So it, I went yeah. in there kind of like, mm-hmm. not on a blank mm-hmm. slate, but like, mm, all right. But I was blown away. It, and I was, 
I mean, I was crying. I was like, God damn. Well, and what you're not alone. It is a movie that I think has affected many. Anyone that has dealt with dementia, anyone that has dealt with any kind of trauma, you're, there's going to be some familiar stuff with this. Now, this is a film that is the exact opposite of the extraordinary. Yes, it's an exact this opposite of all the feel good. good no, this is not the feel good movie of the year. It's the feel bad movie of the year. But but it's, it's done so well, and it explains what. What 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 she did was explain how you feel from the inside in a mm-hmm. visual medium that's palpable, yeah. and it hit the nail on the fucking head. It's, it's if I had to rank my films, it would be my number one. Yeah, it really would. That oh. was my number three. Okay, no, it's oh, and it's really funny because I love the film. It's my number one, but it's not the first one I'm going to revisit. I've got to be in a mood for that. I think. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I don't know what that mood is at this point because I haven't wanted to revisit it at it's this almost, point. It's almost trying to be song. You know you're gonna cry, and so like, okay, do I want to cry or not? Yeah. You well, know? I think it's one that deserves to be obviously to have more people see. Yeah. And I think that's where I will get my rewatches. But oh. But I think this movie, because I remember we went to see it with Diana, and Diana mm-hmm. was like, it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> as as we're blubbering messes. Right. As we're crying, but I think like you know, it always helps like. If with any horror, with any movie, if it touches from a personal level, mm-hmm. then it's going to be way more effective. And I think, not saying that this movie is going to hit harder on certain people, but at the same time, for me, like I said, it was oh, it was a rep- good representation of shit. I'm literally the first time I'm watching it because now that I'm remembering why, uh, in the back of my mind, I was dealing with Lola stuff, and I'm like, oh my god, I if I get home. And Lola has passed after my viewing of this movie. Number one, that's not going to be the movie I, you know, recognize with her death, which is not. Gonna, it's going to take me a while right. to get back to it. But I was like, oh, this. this so I'm, I, and I had to get through the film, and of course, the film wrecks me. And I'm like, oh, God bless it. So I'm trying to get home. It was still where it was nice enough that I was on my scooter, and I was low on gas. And I was like, I just need to get home. I don't. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to stop for gas. I had a black cat cross my path on the way home and I'm like oh this is not this is no this is not boding well got home she was fine recording as recording as an oh god now I've just jinxed it at this way she's gonna be good when I get home but gonna be good but that was totally on the back of my mind and I've like you said, when I got home and I saw her I was like oh my god right? I, I treated her tenderly and everything but there was the second viewing that I that the dementia part then really hit me but like I said this is a movie that go and see but be warned. You were, you will cry if you you well you might. <laughs> well, I know, yeah. I mean, Again, like Diana, I love you. I understand. I, I understand too. And you know what? It might not be for everybody. No, that's just I it. Mean, it's, like, that's just it. It may not be for everyone. It is a slower scary. film. It it's is a scary. scary. Film. There's some great scares, but it is more drama. Yeah, because you are just weeping at the end. Well, something that has drama and something that is personal and something that affected us both is going to be uh, my next pick here. <laughs> And I never thought in the many years we've had as being friends, genius, mm-hmm. all the episodes we've done here on the show, the people we've met, the things that we've done, I never thought I would get to see you on the big screen shaking your groove thing <laughs> in a right film. Looking right in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we we I think we mentioned we have a lot of love for Jill Gavargazian. She is a friend of the show, a literal friend of both of ours. We've got bias, but I'm really happy to report that not only is the stylist, of course, on my top ten, 
but it is on a number of top tens yes. of people and filmmakers that I respect their opinions, mm-hmm. which was one of the most wonderful things when I started hearing the early reports of the stylist from the festival screenings um, and people losing their minds and going, oh, my God, who is this person? Who yes. is this talent? And we're just all going, that's our friend Joe. <laughs> it's the GGP. It's the goth gangster princess. This is yep. a person I never would have met without this podcast. And to and see. Rap snacks. And rap snacks. <laughs> and to go from the short, from the multiple shorts that she's shot to the one that had the most potential. Absolutely. The one that they were able to do and raise all of the funds. And they produced one of the slickest thrillers, horror films of the year. A movie that is straight up a Kansas City, Missouri film. Oh my God. Oh my God. We got our own killer now. Oh, oh, Claire is shit. And returning on the list here, Brea Grant, Mm -hmm. who between the two, Najara and Brea in this film, I'm not spoiling anything, but the ending of this movie has still haunted me to this day. It bothered me just... Oh, I loved it. I, oh. I almost cape feared it. The, I almost cape feared uh-huh. it. <laughs> but, I, you know, as we talked, you know, there's a little stuntman mic in everyone. I think occasionally there's a little bit of Claire in everyone where we just, we, we want that connection. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to live normally, but we just don't know how or we don't have the tools and... Um, I, there were so many times in the movie where I'm like, holy shit, that, that's my coffee house. Wait, wait, that's my house. Yeah. Wait, there's she. There, there, there are beyond that. And that, again, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of cool seeing that. Yeah. But the movie itself, how they expanded the world of Claire, you see the psychosis, you see her methods. It's haunting. Mm-hmm. It's, it worked so well. It shot gorgeously. It's I mean, it's a beautiful movie. I remember she was showing me some of the first stills, and I'm like, Jill, this is your movie. Like, oh my it's, god, it's, it's so cool. It's Lynchian. Yes. It's oh, very Lynchian. Very proud of you, Jill. In the shots. You oh, know? it's very Lynchian and very Fincher. Yeah. Well, she. Mine, I keep seeing Fincher. Finchian. Yeah, very Finchian. <laughs> it's what I love with Jill is she's very much wears her influences on her sleeve, mm-hmm. but she puts it through her filter. Yeah. And her perspective and what I love on a lot of uh, with at least with um, um, goodness. OK, the stylist relic. Um, we've got some excellent women directors. I think Jumbo is as well, but they're starting to get, again, more of a voice. And yeah. just I wish I, I it's the bias is available. We're, we're friends and I'm just, I'm just very thankful for the success because we know the hard work that goes on behind this. We've seen it for the, the little bit of screen time that my house has. There was a whole night devoted yeah. to setting everything up and seeing behind the scenes was fascinating. But then to see it then processed, it's so cool. I totally remember that scene. That's like 10 minute scene of them in the club. I was it, it took all night. We started at like four o'clock in the afternoon and we stopped at like four o'clock in the morning. Yep. And it was the day of the Chiefs parade and it was fucking freezing. And they went right into it. They went into the parade. Yep. I, I suppose that you just prepare your body for no sleep for about a month. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I don't know either. Because after I shot my scenes and had everything, we had I, I went to bed at like 1 o'clock. Like, literally, it was embarrassing. I should have stayed up to like see the scalping incidents. And it's like, nah, I got to prepare myself for the next day. <laughs> if I'm staying on brand, I'm staying on brand. <laughs> there we go. But, but yeah, all bias aside, yeah. I mean, even in the fact that, like you said, we've been on like a little part of that journey with them the whole time, you know, from the shore mm-hmm. to the, the... But 
all bias aside, this movie is grand. It's really it's, good. It's really it's good. Really good. It's a it's maniac. It's um it's as beautiful as Candyman, mm-hmm. as bloody as Maniac. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great story and it's it's a well told story. Also, shout out to another friend of the podcast, Eric Havens, his first feature script. Right. About, there are so many people that we know that of course we're rooting like, for. Oh, there's Tim. Oh, there's Andrea. Oh, yeah. there's my it was everyone. It mm-hmm. was so cool and it was so Kansas City, but also didn't feel Kansas City. It, it felt, felt big. It could have been anywhere, but yeah. it was here. Mm-hmm. And oh no, I just I I only hope that at this point she's got like an agent now, I right. believe. So I'm only hoping this just opens the door for her and everyone involved, every single person that from the, the gaffers, the grips, all of those things, just seeing everything work. It was amazing. So that, uh, yeah, it was that on your list. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. On my list. Okay. Next on yours. Good, sir. Okay. This one was my number two. This movie is another panic fest. Darling. I love this movie. I championed this movie. It's basically what would happen if a scrappy indie band wanted <laughs> to have, a tour and they had no money so they befriend a monstrous cannibalistic roadie for a name like uncle peckerhead this movie has so much heart it has so much charm there's so much laughs there's so much great great punk music and just great music in general and you're not necessarily a big punk rock fan no, but i really like the music in this one and you fall in love with these the scrappy little band of characters and their mutated monster hillbilly roadie and he's so charming in this movie <laughs> like and there's so much blood and literal shit all over the screen it is wild but <laughs> scatological humor yes but again it is funny it's charming it's heartwarming it's just such a weird mix of something you don't expect from a movie called Uncle Peckerhead. But this movie is great to the point where, like, Uncle Peckerhead is both s- scary as shit because you know it'll fuck you up, but also so lovable you can't help but want to go on this ride with him. So when he came in at Panic Fest and he walked in, I go, holy shit, it's Uncle Peckerhead, right? I literally lost my shit because I was excited and scared. This movie is grand and i hope more people can see this this is my number two because i can't stop raving about this movie well uncle peckerhead was a treat and you had a chance recently at the quarantine con to moderate one of the panels uh it was on horror comedies mm-hmm. of which you had some of the cast and crew from uncle peckerhead so they know you've got the love and that's what i love with panic fest is some of the most unlikely films are the ones that really leave those lasting impressions and I love that almost a half of your films have some elements of charm and heart to them. But some of them are the ones you would not expect. Because when I saw the name Uncle Peckerhead, I'm like, wait, what? What, the what fuck is, is this? this? Right? <laughs> and if anyone knows horror comedies, it is you. It opens up with the Simpsons reference. Uh, like the, uh, the, 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 the singer of the band, she's just awkward and, and just lovable. But she's the kind of the straight man. And she goes into her work and they're all talking all this gibberish and shit. And the first thing she her first line is, I must go. My planet needs me. And she walks away. Right. And from there. Exactly. I'm like, "Okay, you already (laughs) won me there. We're already starting off on a great foot. And so then it just gets funnier and violent. The kills are great. The gore is spectacular and it's all over the place. But it's still rooted in heart and still rooted in like a sense of family and belonging. 
And so that's why it works so well. It just balances that absurdist humor with a lot of charm and love. Love it. Love yeah. it. Well, then rounding out on my list here and one that might be on yours as well, um, for a lot of people, this was probably one of the last horror films they may have seen theatrical, de- theatrically, depending on where they live. Mm-hmm. And it was technically, I remember, the first new horror episode we recorded for our Patreon. I think this is my number one. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's very simple. Lee Wan Ill's The Invisible Man. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. I legitimately, I kind of went in with lower expectations, I think, for this one. Uh Uh-huh. Because we're Uh, thinking Claude Rains and shit. And the, I, Memoirs I, of the Invisible Man. <laughs> still scrubbing my. Uh, no, I have not watched that one since I saw it on HBO back in whenever that aired on HBO. So that one I need to go and revisit. But Lee Wanell has a great track record with us on this show. Absolutely. From Upgrade being one of one of your, I know your tops. I love of, yeah, last year and fucking Saw. No Saw and. He's a great little actor himself. He's the one that gave me the much-needed um, levity I needed in Insidious. I was like, I need to laugh. I need to laugh. Thank you, guys. Oh, Thanks, Lee. Oh. So we know he can provide and produce in genre. And then the fact that they were going to be launching this whole thing of the Universal Monsters with a modern take. Lee Wano was responsible for the Universal Monsters. Like, oh, let's, let's because like Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's bacon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's maybe been a while since we've seen something like this, but to make a movie like that here in 2020 with Elizabeth Moss, who may be one of our best actors working yes, today. I will agree. Like, I need to see a buddy cop with her and Jennifer Jason Lee, actually. Hell, I didn't think I would want to see a movie with her yelling in an w- empty room for an hour and a half, but yet here we are. Well, because the entirety time with that empty room... You're looking in For that empty somebody room. There. The way they bring everything into the fold. You with provide your own suspense. Yes, you do. You've never you've never appreciated negative space more than when you watch this movie because you're looking for all the spots in between. Uh, the fact that it's it works as a horror film. There are mm. some genuinely scary moments that happen in this movie that I think the trailer actually spoils one of the good reveals with the paint. Yeah. Which is a bummer because that's a that's great, a great, great reveal. Scare. That's a great scare, too. But the characters involved are wonderful. Uh, that dude's triceps that are trying to escape from his shirt. My God, it's incredible. Uh, the visual effects work. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Hell, the, the suit itself gave it, people the heebie-jeebies. It, it looks With the like, tryptophobia or what it's called? It looks that, like something Cronenberg would have produced. Yeah, it does. Like a human beehive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no queen here, my uh-uh. friend. Um just the the jump scares i think worked the opening scene that like five oh, that was minute terrifying when he comes out of nowhere like well, boom, and, boom, 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 well boom, and boom. even just like the 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 silence of that that whole scene where you don't hear a single word but you know everything behind her character and her story and mm-hmm. like and then then that reveal which i love when they do that that shot yeah um the dinner scene was scary oh the I dinner was, i was like holy shit that made people gasp because you were not expecting that and then the fight scenes were great too well it's literally one out. out. <laughs> not, well i had a chance i saw this both at that at our draft house and at screenland and people re, people reacted to this movie because i don't think like i didn't i didn't go in with some high expectations i love lee wanell i'm gonna go see what he does but mm-hmm. i was like oh the invisible man let's see how because dracula 
Untold or whatever that was. Yeah, you know, the, and then the, new the mummy. mummy, which I, they've been trying to reboot this stuff. They don't have a good track record when it comes to rebooting the OG Universal no, Monsters. No, which leads me to the question, much like a lot of the stuff I think with the 80s, do we need to bring that into this millennium? I say yes, because look what Based happened with this? The Invisible Man. I mean, such a prescient story and a modern oh. twist on it. And all about toxic masculinity. Yeah. And listen, I know you're not going to want us to hear a harp. Or, but listen, when you can weave these things, when you can balance these things, and that's... Mm-hmm. With the social commentary and yes. the horror scares. And that's the thing with I, with, I think, a lot of our lists on here, Genius, is we have a lot of films that balance things mm-hmm. pretty well. Where you're... Like, Listen, again, I dug the Black Christmas remake, but it's not subtle. It's very, you know, it's uh, the Invisible Man. It tells the story it needs to, and it's a little bit more subtle. You know, if you don't want to be preached at, it's not preaching to you at all. It's, it's still, still delivering scales. Story. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's addressing shit that really came to prevalence here in 2020. And I almost think it's kind of the perfect film for that. And also Elizabeth Moss, who between this uh, her smell. That was a film her club, smell wasn't was it? I yeah. enjoyed her smell, and I like uh, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, oh shit! Talk about prescient stuff. Oh right. my god, let's let's avoid these 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 dystopian these cautionary tales. But Lee Wanell, yeah, like he's oh, got a he's, great track record, and he's tackling the new Wolfman for I, Universal. Well, you know who's doing uh, the Dracula? Hmm. Karin Kusama. I'm down for those. I am, and that's just it. If they give them a smaller budget, like they did with this. Let them tell their story yes. their way instead yes. of saying, no, you need to have this and you need to have that and you need to have this. Because if they, the new voices needs the old money, but the old money, if they want to keep their money, they, they need, need the, the new, new voices. Yeah. It's, so. it's it's symbiotic, ideally, much like in Sputnik. No, this is one, and I know has been getting a lot of love, and it deserves it. Yeah. It totally deserves oh, the it. the Invisible Man, again. I didn't know I wanted to see Elizabeth Moss yell in an empty room. I loved it. But I enjoyed every I, second of it, and I, I will see it again. This one, I have a feeling, will be on March Madness. Oh, absolutely. This one this one we'll be talking about uh, for a long time. And maybe we get Invisible Woman. I don't know. Potentially, we might. Now, obviously, there were a number of other films that came out, so let us know your favorites out there. Now, it was, it was actually tough. You know, just to whittle things down to 10 films mm-hmm. of 2020 that were great. It was really tough to whittle up five moments of 2020 that were good. Like we said, this has been a rough year. So we could technically say movies are moments. But something we've always liked to do is to look back at the moments that happened in 2020 mm-hmm. that were probably film related, potentially. Uh, but I actually, thankfully, I have some good ones in here. It wasn't too hard for me. Right. For the most part, you know, as opposed to every other year mm-hmm. as it is. So do you want to go ahead and get us started there, Genius McGee? Yeah, uh, I'm going to do it. It was in 2020, although it felt like um, five years ago. But Panic Fest this year was amazing. And I'm putting it in a blanket because we did so much stuff and so many great things happened. That was the year of Patty Murphy. Uh-huh. That was the, he was the bell of the ball. That Don't, don't fuck with Freda. Don't fuck with Freda. That moment when John Pata and Patty Murphy met, mm-hmm. that was such a nice moment. I literally went into someone's like, you want to come out here and experience a really nice moment? Like, there's just some just true love going on. The fact that hardware. we had hardware, the hardware screening was incredible. The fact, genius, we got a chance. We, we live podcasted with Joe Lynch. Time we talked about Los Locos kicking your ass in your face and kicking your balls in outer space. I had a Jaws 
the revenge moment. We had, <laughs> and I look back at that going, that that happened. It that really happened. Gr- yeah. It feels so, so long. long ago, though. It but does. it's such a wonderful time. The game show. Our, the game, in fact, speaking of John Pata, mm-hmm. who made that one of the most ex- wonderful experiences when he was going down, he he did the... the the, the the five raspberries we had a chance what did we do we choke the, on him. choke on him he had us recreate the what's my life it was so much fun now granted of course if you go back and listen to it we learned a lesson that will not sound as bad this next time <laughs> but then what the, the all the um the dispatches we had the fact that when you had a chance to meet uncle peckerhead and right? all those people um it just there was so much stuff going on i know i was non-stop busy but it was fun busy. Yes, it was. Um, having a chance to meet uh, Dr. Rebecca McKendry and Elric Kane was wonderful. I got a chance to do the the face-off thing with Elric Kane, even though I didn't touch his face. Uh, it's a thing they, they do. All of those moments were magical. I'd, um, some of my favorite times were getting there about 9 in the morning, my Dunkin', my Dunkin Donuts coffee. The calm before the storm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the that vendor loft. And then... Do, 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 and then boom everybody and, and it was off and just off running and racing but it yeah. was also again talking about uh, so many people in one enclosed area not gonna happen for quite some time but not a care in the world at that time and just seeing so many people having fun seeing so many people talking and having just engaging we were the counselors partying and making love before we saw the dark clouds that was coming in. in this way so that, yeah it's it's taken its toll at this point <laughs> uh let me see here uh all the fine f- yeah panic fest was also on my list and it usually always is but this one just seemed more packed and just more fun and i think it was the experience of patty murphy because he had i think the best panic fest from the parish screening his appearances on the movie Crypt, on Shockwaves, on our show. He like did three podcasts that weekend. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was everywhere you wanted to be. The Parish was wonderful. I'm looking forward to this year's Panic Fest whenever it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? It'll probably end up on next year's list as well. Mm-hmm. All right. So on my list, um, something that we, you've been talking about a lot and finally were able to talk me into. Uh, but this year we did launch our Patreon page. And... It's been a good moment for me because, number one, I honestly didn't think we would get one person to sign up. I don't know if I'd want to pay for content for us. <laughs> However, we, 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 after much discussion, we was like, you know what, let's just give it a try. We'll, we've got, you know, various... Ch- so let's... If there's anyone that may be thinking of looking at our Patreon here, let us entice you, uh, yes. give you a little sales pitch here. We always joke we have everything from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. It is a part of our shtick, but we did have some very specific tiers set out for everyone. And I am a member of a few Patreons where I donate a dollar a month because I like to support. And if you would like to support us for merely a dollar a month, and this is where we'd normally kick on the Sarah McLaughlin music. In the arms of the angels. But of course, not only do we give a shout out on our the, on the main feed, but I put out three on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They're little 10 to 15 minute um, re- uh, reactions of me watching a film for the first time. Um, so, And I've got like 96 of them so far. God it's damn. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. So you get about two hours of content for a dollar a month. Not too bad. Not, not too bad. bad. Now, if you would like to go above that, we have then technically it is the uh, I've seen that tier mm-hmm. where you get everything in the uh, squiddly diddly. And then for once a month, we actually provide and give a new horror review, of which we've talked freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica. 
That, that was one of my favorite episodes we've done this year. Would we have done that without Patreon? No, that movie Maybe was not. fucking wild. I uh, cannot stop thinking about that's I dishonorable mention. <laughs> it is my specialty. <laughs> it's Lenneck Black Hair. <laughs> um, oh goodness, uh, I think we kicked everything off with Swallow. So I mean, <laughs> we've covered a lot of weird films on our on yes, the. I've have. seen that tier. That was a weird movie. That was, that was a. It's not just horror, ladies and gentlemen. Now, then, I think probably the best tier for your value is our another time tier. Of course, where you get the Squidly Diddly and the I've seen that, but once a month, we give you a commentary track. I have been loving the commentary tracks. Like they've been, they've been so fun. Well, here in December, we we did Black Christmas. Hello, hello. But I mean, we've gone all over. We've Jaws. The revenge <laughs> pieces is exactly what you think. That commentary was exactly what you think it is. <laughs> Just a lot of mean mugging. But they've been, this is and again we do not release these on the main feed. These become uh, Patreon exclusives, and they have been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the goodness out of them. Now, if you're really into us here and you'd like to go to another place here. Of course, you get everything that is in the, the previous ones, but you can also request us to do a uh, an episode just for you. Mm-hmm. And this is actually where our last one, thankfully, was when you were introduced to Extraordinary, which ended up in your top ten. Yeah. Had Michelle not requested and reviewed that, you may I have not have, I might not have seen it. So thank you, Michelle. Thanks to Jesse, I had a chance to watch Cabin in the Woods for only the second time of my life. Man. So for $10 a month, not only do you get all of the good stuff in there, we, we, we do an episode for you. So that is what we have on our Patreon page. And I'll be honest, man, I've really enjoyed the content of that and providing mm-hmm. content because we try to make it li- We try to do quality content here on the main feed, of course, but especially if you're paying for right. it. Right. We don't want to just like, hey. <laughs> we, bring our, we bring our B game. Yeah, exactly. Normally you get C I, game. I don't think we have an A game. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. And I, then I think that that gear went out a long time ago. But like I said, you know, we give a we try to provide some quality content for people, but we really, really do appreciate the support. So thank you for every single person out there that has joined the film and prove me wrong. Like we've got more than a dirty dozen. Mm-hmm. I and we thank each and every one of you. Absolutely. Next moment, there, genius. So this moment, I was stressing out for about a month and a half over. I was pulling my hair out thinking, how in the hell am I going to make this work? Are things going to happen? What's what's am I going to be able to even get anybody to show up? And uh, how am I going to wrangle up all these vendors? What's going to happen? Is everybody going to have a good time? So stressful, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I have such a ball at the horror at the drive in the, the double feature. Mm-hmm. And this year was so taxing because I didn't know if it was even going to be possible to do it with everything the way things was going. But fortunately, all the ducks got in a row, all the cards fell into place, and everybody, I think, had a really good time. I know that I had a ball, and uh, I think it was a good time had by all. The movies are great. As someone that is not normally not necessarily, I go out of my normal comfort zone when I go to there because it's a little bit more social. It's, it's, and it's a little bit farther. And I had a blast, man. 
and I know everyone else did. Uh, in fact, I think the wind stopped just at the right time. Just at the right time. Because <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? What is happening here? The tents were falling down, and we were trying to make sure that people were getting straight. Yep. And we tried this new position to make sure everybody was kind of like corralled, mm-hmm. and, but yet spaced. Yep. And it's- so there was so many new things to do, and... When you're a scrappy ragtag group of individuals, Kansas City Horror Club is, <laughs> you know, it it I didn't know if it was gonna make it, but fortunately everything yep. did, and I with Pumpkinhead and Trick or Treat, I think it played well before Halloween. Perfect pregame. It's it's I think a lot of people have come to look forward to that as something that normally is the precursor that gets everything started. It's not October. October doesn't officially start till horror at the drive-in <laughs> happens, right? I mean, and that's good. And there were a lot of things that happened this year that we didn't think yeah. were going to happen. Yeah. No, but no, I, I can honestly, I had a blast seeing everyone was good. I think everyone, and again, being outdoors is perfect mm-hmm. for this. I so think yeah, it worked out well. No, I do too. I do too. Definitely a good one. Now, my other moment here kind of is attached to Patreon, but I've been in the means of trying to discipline myself to watch new movies, to go outside of my normal comfort zone, and you know, and rather than rewatch Return of the Living Dead for the umpteenth time, <laughs> like this job, <laughs> to, to see something I've never seen, and the part of the the Patreon again is uh, on the Squidly Diddly pay, uh, tier. You, I give you three new episodes of just again little reactions. But because of that, I've seen almost like 100 new films since May. That's fucking awesome, dude. It's really good, actually, because I've had a chance to see some amazing films that I've only been able to BS my way, and I've seen that. Jason Statham. I've seen some Jason Statham. <laughs> uh, I kicked things off with uh, King of New York. With Walken? With Walken and Abel Ferrara. <laughs> balls. There are no balls listed. But I, I, remember, I remember watching into that first screening of that going, why... Has it taken me this long to watch King of New York? And then I went, I remember the second film was God Told Me To. I stayed oh. dirty, New York. Nice. Oh, yeah. That had, was the first time watched for me, and I fucking dug the shit out of that. It, it was perfect. So I was like, oh. And it's just, <laughs> it's it's having the discipline to just, rather than going on YouTube and watching some watch mojo thing for the umpteenth, again, million time, watch something new. And I've seen some amazing films. I just the latest one that would just drop today actually was uh, my thoughts on uh, a night in Casablanca mm-hmm. with the Marx Brothers, the Marx Brothers. And so I've gone outside of horror. It's a lot of new. Uh, uh, yes, God, yes. Have you heard about that? Uh-uh. I heard of the name, but. It is a weird little boner jam that came out this year. But like about religious. Yes. Like a religious camp. with the girl from Stranger Things. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. With 11? Yes. No, not 11. Uh, the older oh, one. Oh, the older sister? Yeah. And so I've been able to see all sorts of different movies that I may or may not have normally gone out of my way to see. So that in and of itself has been wonderful. And again, those little things that you need to do to get through the shit show that is 2020. I know a lot of people are binge watching TV shows, and I know you're huge on that. You've seen like all I've of them. I've seen a lot of shows. I haven't. I've just been focusing on movies. But because of that, I've seen some incredible films now for the first time and been able to then god told me to i was able to vet that one and go mm-hmm. genius i think you might like this one i know you were right so that has that in and of itself has been good for me which will transition into my next pick that we'll get after yours um so i had speaking of going back to the panic fest and making a lot of new friends and a lot of other great stuff like that 
Um, I was invited f- uh, to do a panel for Quarantino Winocon mm-hmm. from Lisa Ovias, who is the director of Puppet Killer. And I got to be introduced to Rad Chad from Scare Package and Brendan Steele from uh, the writer and director of Velocipastor, <laughs> which is a fantastic little movie. Um, so cheesy and wonderful. And um, Matthew Lawrence from uh, uh, Uncle Peckerhead and just a lot of great people. And we had a ball and it was a very good time had by all. I think the only thing I wish I would have done was I wish I would have hit record while I was while I was doing it content. Right. Because I would have loved to have been able to because it was a it was was a live event and it went on on the Internet. I think you can go to their site and see it. it. I would. And they've been still providing content. So, yeah, go to Facebook, like them, because then you'll have access to that. I was watching. Actually, it was really funny. I watched probably the first 40 minutes of it and participated in the chat and everything. I went to then walk Lola. And I just assumed by the time I got back, everything would be done because it was only supposed to go, what, an hour, 45 minutes, an hour top. And I took Lola for a long walk. And to my shock, when I came back, you were still on with everyone. I was like, well, wait, are they replaying it? Maybe. No, that says live. They're still going. We went on for about a good hour and 45. It just was a good conversation we were talking about. It was a horror comedy panel. Mm -hmm. And I love horror comedy. So we got to talk about everything about horror comedy like with some of our favorites Mm -hmm. and like uh why we think horror comedy is dismissed by even horror fans you know there is some good gems in there so everyone interacting and you could tell everyone truly loved each other and in lieu of what we would normally do with moderating q a's it's it was it was was the next best thing yeah i thought it played perfectly man i was nervous because i don't really do a lot of uh panel on virtual, yeah. you know, there's it's not different. a lot of that going in. No. And so I was like, okay. I was well, worried, no, like, what do you mean? What do you, you do it like every other Wednesday for Film Club? But, but, but not then. But it, well, now, yeah. But that was huge. Plus, like, it was Philosopher Pastor yeah. and Rad Chad yeah. and, like, and Uncle Peckerhead's crew. So it was a bunch of people, like, I respect and admire. I don't mm-hmm. want to fuck up, well, you know. But Lisa's one the, of our film family members. Yeah, and that's the great thing about horror comedy because, like, even if you fuck up, it can still be funny, you know, and the, <laughs> the, the credo of the show. But no, Lisa, thank you so much for the opportunity. And Rebecca, thank you as well. Uh, you guys and everybody else on that panel, uh, Madeline, Brandon, everybody, I've missed you. I'm so sorry, but everything was amazing and wonderful. And thank you again. It was it was as again, as a part as a, someone that was just viewing. I enjoyed it. So. The discipline of seeing new films has been part of me trying to better myself. And if you, I mean, if you just go through the entirety of our show, you can probably trace my mental health from starting the show married to transitioning to divorced to transitioning to depressed to multiple times throughout the show saying, I need to take care of myself. I need to start dealing with the depression. Um, I think it was the Nerds and Nostalgia episode, We're Back, where I talked about my uh, viewing of uh, Karin Kusama's The Invitation that I probably about five years ago made me go, okay, you're really, you've got some mental health issues going right now, man. You're not in a good spot. Take care of yourself. And I kept telling myself that and just not doing anything, but just going, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I'm, I'm dealing with it. And just knowing you're dealing with stuff is one thing, but then following through with it is another and if you go back to our Shaun of the Dead episode that we released back, I think, in June, doing horror comedies, it was that sort your life out moment where I was like, it's been five years of talking about this and not doing anything. And I pledged. I was like, I'm going to start therapy. 
and I've now gone to three appointments. I've got another setup here in the new year, and it's a slow process for me, but it's also, it's, it's really me trying to start taking care of myself. It's not talking about it, but it's doing it. And it's been through the podcast, through movies, my relations with the movies that have got me to this point, but I've started it and I've continued it and I feel better. I still have my issues. I still have, you know, watching it's a wonderful life for the first time going, I I get you. I get you, George. Oh yeah. Maybe we should, but it's, dealing with it it's pushing through it and it's been important for me because i've talked about it on the show and i'm to know that i've finally done it it meant something so for me that was definitely a top moment well i am definitely glad for you man i mean seriously because that's it, an important step it is it is and i'm really proud that you're doing that because that's not an easy step to take not a lot of people look and have that reflective moment where they're like okay maybe i need to do something mm-hmm. the fact that you saw that and you're doing something about it is really inspiring. Well, well, and I, for me, there's no stigma to it. It's just I'm a perpetual 14 year old boy stuck in a 44 year old man's body, and so I, <laughs> I don't know how I've gotten along this far. But it was just one of those things that you just need to do it, yeah, and to finally do it and get that spark started. It's it's been good. So no, thank you, man. Thank you. Mm, yeah, moment I- for you, good sir. I need to turn up the heat on my spark. It's dwindling. It's dwindling. <laughs> it's 2020, man. It's dwindling, Ugh. man. Speaking of, one thing that's gotten me through this and what I'm like, one of my favorite things has been in this moment was the start of the Shutter shoutouts. It gave <laughs> me it gave me something to, mm-hmm. like, to look forward to do again. I mean, besides for doing the show, but something new and something yes. like... And because we've been talking about filming for a while, and did you, you've been talking about, <laughs> I want nothing to be on camera, my friend. You are just show Hollywood da, 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 overture curtain lights. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, I've seen some amazingly wild and weird mm-hmm. movies because mm-hmm. of this, and the chance to like actually go out and do something again—a sense of normalcy, but something yeah. new—and the chance to see. Interesting. Uh, Tammy and the T Rex, the beach house, the baby, the baby, baby doesn't walk, <laughs> baby doesn't talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just has been such like a silver lining, you yeah, know. Like, I agree. I've been. I look forward to like. Oh, okay. What are we gonna do? All right. Let's see this weirdness and let's talk about this weirdness. And well, and we do give access to this as well on our Patreon page, also through Screenland. And we literally we put together a about a thirty minute pre show. We do a customized intro where we introduce the films. We get a little bit of context. We have trailer reels for each of the individual films. And then of course, we meet and we talk about them. We have a post film discussion. More of the campfire telling of the horror. So much has come from those shutter shoutouts. No. Movies that have insinuated themselves in the show as if they've been there from the beginning. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it. Uh, the, the Always Room for Jallo was yeah. wonderful. And, uh, how's your life? Maybe he's in the bathtub masturbating. Oh, oh, Amsterdam. Right? There were some genuine, lovely discoveries along the way. And again, that's some of my, I've seen that come from the shutter shoutouts. You, so technically, you have access to Genius and I's thoughts, my thoughts. Like, <laughs> you'll know exactly what we're thinking with these movies. The baby was wild. I cannot recommend that movie enough because it's <laughs> just so batshit. 
<laughs> it's batshit. Uh, just the fact that we've we've and we've gone traditional. We did uh, Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two. We did Halloween Four and we've Five. Done the Changeling, you know, it's like from the Changeling to Tammy and the T Rex. That it has been a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah, thanks to Adam and Screenland for allowing us to do that because of the sense of normalcy, but also. You get to you know you get to be a little bit more mm-hmm. your your charismaticness. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Those have been a blast. I I agree. Now my final moment here, honestly, and that it actually segues nicely from the shutter shoutouts because of our friends and family over at Screenland. Uh, Adam, Jacob, Abby, all those folks, they've, they're they they're family members to us. Um, the fact that we're still lucky enough here in the Kansas City area to have a theater that is still open and available, that we've been able to try to derive some sense of normalcy in 2020. From the get-go, um, we kind of reached out to Adam and said, hey, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And thankfully, we were able to do stuff like that. Um, the telethon. The that telethon was, was, a, telethon was, was wonderful. A and it's... It's good to know that there are still people out there that care. And my final thing is really the formation, truly formation of my film family. I am not a filmmaker. I'm a film appreciator. I'm just a nerd. I'm a dork. But I found these all these other people. Like, if, if it wasn't for this show, man, you and I, we would have maybe never met. I know. I've you told know, you this it, before, but you've really changed my life for the better, man. I'm not joking. Through If it wasn't for you and Dustin... I don't know how, not only through 2020, these past five years, man, have been tough. You guys have been my therapist for the most part. You know, I hope you're not upset that I'm, you know, cheating at this point. But <laughs> but the formation of that, the, 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 the just knowing that there are like-minded people out there that care about you, that are willing to, to, to just engage with you. And again, being the socially awkward introvert, it's tough making friends. Being a socially awkward 44-year-old introvert, it's especially tough to make new friends. And I would, given our friendship is within the last five years for the most part, upon my divorce. I mean, that happened. Our friendship almost immediately started when that happened. Probably maybe... Maybe about a year? Not even a year. No, a no. A months? It was a couple of months because my... You remember your birthday party? Yes. How long were we friends? Oh, not long. It was a few months. Yeah. So literally, you guys came into my life around the right time, man. I mean, I am, and I am, not, I, just, I am not ungrateful for that, and but especially here in 2020, it's been tough, and I know it's been tough on you. Listen, you know, we talk about our film family. Sadly, we have members of our film family that have left us. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to this show from the get go, before your family member, I had one of my family, Kitty. If you, on the show, you can hear Kitty. You mm-hmm. can hear Kitty fucking with genius so many times. <laughs> yeah, um, so many great stories about Kitty. It fucking was wonderful, with me too. and sadly, Kitty passed during you know the the duration of the show. And I think it was like Kitty, ideally, that gave a little inspiration for you to embrace and take someone into your own family. Yeah. And we 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 talked about it here, but sadly, you know, you you lost a buddy, you know, yeah. Owen, and I. You actually, you can hear Owen on our Friday the 13th, the uh, final chapter commentary that's still available on the main feed. He's in the background playing with shit, and we're like, okay, when you hear that, that's Owen. Yeah. It was the same thing with Kitty, and I know for you, 2020's been awful as it is, but that was probably, I think, the testing point for you. (laughs) That was almost the breaking point for me, because I didn't want any animals at no the you were not was, an animal I was, person i wasn't an animal person at all and you know owen came into your life 
on Halloween. Right. Like everything was was like this is your this is your buddy. And you took him in, and I remember, I think even Dustin was like, dude, like, I think, I, I of course, I wanted you to embrace it, but of course, Dustin's like, you're going to become an old cat lady. And yeah, like, like, after from day the one, after day one, I'm like, man, I don't want to kick this cat out, but I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with this cat. And then he's looking at him and like, wow. And I'm like, okay, you can stay the night, but then you're going to leave. And then next thing I know, I had beds and food, and, and he was running the house. Yeah, he was, he was. <laughs> that's just it i couldn't walk in without owen being eh, i don't know man what does he bring to the party i okay fine come in you can stand in the corner it was wonderful to see because i think it opened you up to a side of yourself that maybe you weren't familiar with yeah. and i do think that he's responsible for you still getting through 2020 because you talk it was your breaking point but you're still here genius yeah you're still here you know who's right here biscuit biscuit mm-hmm. you know who's floating around here somewhere yep you're Davy Copperfield. Damn right. And, and yeah. yes, I think Owen came in as you guys did at that precise time in your life to help you set up, prepare yourself. And it sucks to see him go. Yeah. Cause it and came out of nowhere. The, the, the heart, the first heart attack. Oh, just like that. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. What just happened? Cause that was like the almost onset of the pandemic. Oh, where was, everything was still up in the air and nobody knew anything. And everybody was trying to wear masks and, and like, look, and then I was like, Holy shit. What am I going to do with it? How am I going to do this? And it was, I, 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 you know, we always get personal here on the show, but I, I remember, you know, that your, your phone call, man. And I remember you were losing your mind and I was, I was trying, it was horrible because I was in my mind going, okay, let him, let him, let him vent. But also let's like be rational. Let him know what his decision, you know? And I was like, well, if you can, I'm like, just, just shut up, Greg, shut up. <laughs> but thankfully you listen to your gut. You got to spend some amazing quality time with Owen. Yeah. And that's, I think the good thing is mm-hmm. you had that time. You, you were able to share. It's the same thing with me and Lola. The silver lining of this year being at home is I've spent time with her. Every, between every appointment, I can go over to her and give her some lovings, yeah, you know, and the one thing about the quarantine that I not say that I'm grateful for, no, but it, it sucks being stuck at home. Yeah. But at the same time, I was there to to give Owen those last few months. Yep. And so. I think those last few months energized you. And like I said, you've got new members of your family here. That like catastrophe the day that I got two cats out of nowhere <laughs> in less than 24 hours. If you see, this is why if you're not following genius on social media, <laughs> you're missing out on that the catastrophe. Wild. That was insane. I mean, it's still not even settled down. There's still, there's still goofy as shit. Oh no. I only, I only see, um, um, copy David every now and again, Davy every now and again, David, the girl. Yeah. Yeah. My little girl, Davy. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny because I, I haven't listened to last year's best of, and I don't know if maybe you meeting Owen was in there, but how much has changed within a year, man? I well, mean, I had Owen for a few years. No, you're right. You're right. It was, you're right. Okay. For about, I had Owen for about four years. Four, oh God, what's wrong with me? So like, my, my head but, is gone. Yeah, it, but it's for him to go at six years old, you yeah. know, it's just like, holy shit, what happened? You know? So, but yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden out of no, again, out of nowhere around Halloween time again, I get biscuit and and uh, and and Davy, but I think somewhere Owen made that happen. Absolutely, you know, he's like you need a friend, you know, and a little fuzzy guy. I'd like to think that both Owen and Kitty are looking at us right now. Kitty's just biting to get jump in your lap and scare you at some point, right. you know. And of course, Owen just wants to get up and sit on the the computers mm-hmm. as it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, 
I liked us to give honor to to him because he was a member of the family and you know of course man no but uh, now we've got new members here you know which is always good and sadly of course in 2020 we lost some of members of our genre family right um just here recently and my property <laughs> hugh Bar- burns hugh key burns toe cutter and morton joe man one of my favorite villains and my new favorite villains and we just recently watched santa slay and then there was Debo for Christmas with the Nerds, and we totally forgot. Yeah, that Debo. It's um, uh, No Holds Barred was on my magical mixtape. It's and listen, we don't have the time to go through all the genre. No. F- but listen, they will always live forever in our hearts and on cinema and celluloid. And I'd like to think, ideally, our spirit will always continue to live on through. Mm-hmm the pets we have through the friends we've made through the acquaintances through the podcasting and all those things and it all comes from this show and but it all comes from my friendship with you man like it this would not exist all these things that we've been fortunate to have happen in our lives would not have happened without you my friend so sincerely sincerely thank you in 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 the immortal in our keeping with our genre ditto (laughs) ditto ha 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 where i'm come from genius we don't say goodbye we say good journey. <laughs> Use the tones. Oh, no, but for real. <laughs> like you said, like I, I, I w- it wouldn't be possible without you. No, and, and as shitty as this year's been, the highlights of the year have been with you I'm, and the film family. I'm, and everybody that's just else. it. And so, yeah, let's take care of each other. Take care of ourselves. Let's be smart. Let's make 2021 a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think we all can do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now, let's just say this. Um, here in the month of January. Ooh, we're, we're going across the pond and beyond. Oh, boy. And let's just call it now because we're getting ready to watch it. Uh, our first film. So we are going to be featuring five films, all international. So mm-hmm. uh, prepare yourselves. But our first feature is going to be coming from Australia and was originally going to be doing Razorback. But Cry. decided to go a little bit ooey and gooey on this one. And Genius, this is going to be a first time viewing, correct? Yes, it is. I'm let's excited. Just, let's just let everyone know what they can expect in the year of 2021. We're going to start off with Body Melt. <laughs> <laughs> if that if that tells you the trajectory of how the movie, I know how the year is gonna go, oh no way! <laughs> maybe we should cut this and reprogram. I can't even tell you what maybe then the second film we're following up with. So <laughs> we, I think we are gonna have a grand old time here uh, in the, the year of 2021. 21's gonna be a fucking hoot, <laughs> guaranteed. So until next year, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Oh.